Yeah, we got to get right to the podcast, uh, gang. It's a it's a big one today. Big, 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 big. But we we go over the uh, Wednesday night special that you can find on Blaze TV now. Uh, last night uh, did a special on China that is a don't miss. We have Peter Schweitzer on, but bigger than that, really. I don't know if you know this, but there is a hole in the sky mm-hmm. where a tree once was, and people are making money. I don't now like you, that. I don't like that. I'll tell you. I'll tell you that much. Well, I tell you, you're going to love the song from the Seattle City Council. All on today's podcast. And don't forget to subscribe to Stu Does America on your podcast app right now. Go over there and subscribe. I will tell you this: we're only like four or five slots behind Michael Moore's podcast, and it would make me very happy if we destroyed him. So, Michael Moore's podcast, hopefully going down today. Go over and subscribe to Stu Does America. Now, here's the podcast. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck program. I want to share something that I just think is, I just think is beautiful. And being from the Seattle area, um, I can't tell you what's happening to Seattle. Just, it couldn't happen to a, uh, a nicer group of people, you know, than the people that are running Seattle. And I just... I just, my heart goes out to them because the city council and all the the mayor and everybody involved in the city government there are just beautiful, special spirits. And, uh, and the way the spirit manifests itself in them, I just, I celebrate, I celebrate. And, um, a couple of days ago, the city council had a meeting and some of these beautiful people and their beautiful spirits, uh, showed up with, uh, with a beautiful, beautiful song, and mm. I want because you, I mean, you're hmm? kind of scary disease talk to start the show. Maybe a little. Yeah, music well, I just would... thought I thought this would brighten everybody's day. Okay, uh, because there are some people who are just you know, <sighs> sure they're hardworking, but they've taken time out of their day to write the words, then write the music, mm-hmm. then practice it, then go to city hall and sing it. Ooh. And uh, and try to get everybody else involved. And I, I want to play this because it's surprisingly catchy. <laughs> Here it is. There's an unwelcome sight in the neighborhood. A developer is being greedy. Mm. There's a hole in the sky where a tree once stood. Mm-hmm. All right. Such a lack of life and sound. All that's left is bare, muddy ground. A magnificent tree was murdered. The mighty dollar cut it down. There's a hole in the sky where the tree once was. Somebody's making money. Stand up. There's Stand a up. hole in the sky Stand where the tree and once these lemmings was. Do. Somebody's making Wait. money. Laws the... protect Shh. exceptional trees, but the City grants mm-hmm. exemptions mm-hmm. to these. Mm-hmm. Instead, they reward the developer's greed and sanction the murderer's deeds. Mm-hmm. There's, There's a, a hole in the sky where the tree once was. Somebody's making money. Come on, everybody. There's a hole in the sky where the tree once was. Somebody's making money. No more leaves shimmering with golden light. Ooh. No more gentle shedding of rains. Oh, no. Nor tulip blossoms rustling in the wind now nothing remains oh that 
hole in the ground where the tree once was. Somebody's making money. Come on! There's a hole in the sky where the tree once was. Somebody's making money. There's a hole in the sky in the sky. Instead of a spreading canopy, there's a hole in the sky. In the sky, instead of a 90-year-old tree, there's a hole in the sky. In the sky, that tree did not belong to you or me. No, there's a hole in the sky where the tree should be. Wow, it was like a Broadway production. Now that was. Um, I defy you. Mm-hmm. I defy you now. You've only heard it once. Mm-hmm. I defy you. Uh, to try all day to not sing. There's a hole in the sky where the tree once was. Somebody's making money. Now, somebody sent this to me. Okay, somebody said this to me this morning. It's already in my head. I know. And, uh, and I can't get it out of my head. And so it was my duty to pass it on to you today so it won't get out of your head. Your job is to pass it on to somebody else. Now, when I did this about 40 minutes ago, uh, I didn't realize how catchy it really was for everyone. And I knew people were putting it together for the radio program, et cetera, et cetera. And I just came into the studios just a few minutes ago. And I was in the think tank where the writers were. I was in the production room where the producers were. And I just said, there's a hole in the sky where the tree once was. Come on! And everybody said, it's somebody's making money. Wait, so I have, I have several questions here. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Seattle, you're doomed. <laughs> so there's a hole in the sky. In the sky. Where, where the, the tree, tree once was. was. Why was the tree in the sky? They plant them in the sky. They plant them in the sky in Seattle. Is that really... Because it does seem like that's what she's advocating for. I don't know. There should be... There's a hole in the ground, ground where, where the, the tree, tree once, once was. was. Or there's a stump that wasn't here. There's, there's There are <laughs> branches up there. There's When I looked at the sky, I saw branches, and they're not there anymore. Well, she kind sense. of infers that when she says about the beautiful canopy. That's missing now, mm-hmm. and there, there, there won't be, g- <laughs> there won't be gentle rains now. But like cutting down a tree doesn't change <laughs> the sky in any way. Right. Like you could see the sky more uh-huh. clearly if we mm-hmm. cut the, scre- the the trees down. Uh huh. That yes. would actually give us more access to the sky, not less. Right. Right. So I don't understand that. I will also point <laughs> out watching the video. Oh, it's great, isn't it? It's really good. It's- I'm posting this at glenbeck.com. So, and I've already retweeted it today. Mm-hmm. Okay, so go so watch it. Go watch it. It's, you're going it's- to be stunned to hear if you're listening on the radio that there's a person behind her <laughs> dressed as a tree. Right. And, uh, that, uh, you might no, be like a green leotard mm-hmm. with a gr- with the- hat with a hat with like a leaf leaves hat. on it. Yes. leaves, and it's. It's beautiful. It's a stunning development because you'd think uh, they're probably dressed in suits, but no. No, no. And no, then there's like, it's all, it, it, they look like people who would be in the theater. And then there's just this one guy in a Seahawks shirt. Right. Like, I just not seem at all like he yeah. should be there. Yeah. <laughs> it's a very I'm not weird sure look. if they look like people that should be in the theater. Uh, they look like aged hippies. Yeah, but that, yeah. that's who I would picture to be in the theater. <laughs> the theater. Okay. <laughs> all right. Okay. Well, in Seattle, you're probably right. right. 
You're probably right. Is that the place where there's a hole in the sky where a tree once was? Yeah, and somebody's making money. (laughs) (laughs) I like how, too, they seem to get on city council for actually exempting certain trees. Right. They're upset because some of the verse. Play it again. I think it's it's worth playing again. Let's analyze this a little bit more closely. (laughs) There's an unwelcome sight in the neighborhood. Uh A developer is being greedy. Uh There's a hole in the sky where a tree once stood. Now she waits to the music. And she gets her phone out here and plays, starts playing piano. Such a lack of life and sound. All that's left is bare, muddy ground. A magnificent tree was murdered. She's starting to get the mighty dollar. (laughs) Cut it down. She's starting to get very dramatic. There's a hole Mm -hmm. in the sky where the tree once was. I'm pissed. Somebody's making money. She's very pissed off. They're not singing along. She really is. Tree once was. Somebody's making money. People stand. Laws protect exceptional trees but the city grants exemptions to these instead they reward the developer's greed and sanction okay. the murderer's deeds stop i said that okay now i understand the policy i think she's saying that the law is exceptional trees shall be protected however the city is saying no we're going to give the developers exemptions to cut those exceptional trees down i believe that's her case well, I think her case would be all trees are exceptional. Well, no, she says, how can all trees be exceptional? That's like all people are exceptional. No, they're not. They're, if they're no, all yes, exceptional, they then are. none of them are exceptional. Excuse me. All of the children are exceptional. None are failing. They're they're emerging. Mm. They're emerging as an exceptional human being. No, dummy. They got an F. They're flunking. Right. <laughs> That's like the, no, they're emerging. That's the new language now. That's the the sort of woke thing you say about like they they have those songs where it's like you're perfect everywhere you are. Everyone is perfect. Well, if everyone is perfect, no one's perfect. What's the meaning of perfect oh, if everyone's and your perfect? Word games. All I care about is you're beautiful the way you are, Lizzo. No, you're not. Get There's a hole in the sky <laughs> where a tree once was. Somebody's, Somebody's making, making money. That's going to be us right now as I read <laughs> off a tree, off of a piece of paper made by a tree. At what point- <laughs> oh, I'm so sad about this paper. No, I'm not. Ooh. Uh, phone producers, please uh, take anybody from Seattle. Please get them on the phone. I see somebody from Everett, Washington. That's the city I was born in. Mm. My grandfather said, uh, you know, son. And I'm like, I'm not your son. And he said, well, that's another talk for another conversation. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> and uh, he said, the, the people that are too damn weird for California are going to move up here. And they're going to take over the city, and they're going to wreck it. And I'm like, okay, Grandpa, time for another pill. Wow. There's a hole (laughs) in the sky where the tree once... Hey, do we happen to have the uh, Ricky Gervais uh, video as well? Yeah, I want to play this. Now, Ricky Gervais has become my hero. Uh, I I just I think he's really really funny. He's brilliant as a writer, brilliant as an actor. He's got there's there's something about Ricky Gervais that he is he's a he's an empath. I believe he's an empath, 
Um, and he has this really, I think, great soft heart, but it doesn't always come out that way. He's just great at slamming everything. Uh, and a few months ago, what was it he was doing? Was he doing the Emmys where he was just slaughtering the Hollywood it's elites? Golden Globes. Golden right? Globes, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. And he was great. Well, he took on Natalie Portman uh, on Twitter yesterday because, you know, at the Oscars, he said, shut up, all of you, shut up, Oscar night. Don't make stupid speech. Shut up. Most of you have been to school less time than Greta Thunberg. So be quiet. Nobody wants to hear it. Well, Natalie Portman comes and she had a cape made by like Versace or something. And it had all of the names of all of the women directors she thought were better than the male directors that should have been nominated. And so he was, after he stopped doing this, um, he decided to make a a video. And uh, let's, can we play this now, please, Ricky Drew? Inspired by the brain of Portman. And I embroidered Oscar's dress. Uh, I ain't got a dress. Um, so I've, I've written it. On my body, all the known Hollywood perverts who haven't been caught yet. <laughs> he, he's a, a groper, but he paid him off. Uh, pedo. Uh, he'll <laughs> stick it anywhere. This <laughs> is a complete nonce. Okay. So he's sitting in a bathtub full of water and he has, he has written names all over his body of all of the perverts that... Uh, that haven't been caught yet in Hollywood. <laughs> I just love this guy. Just love him. And I don't know how he is not an absolute pariah. It'll happen. You think so? Yes. Uh, there's a certain... You get this pass for a while, I think, if you're at his status. Like, Dave Chappelle's the same way, right? Like, he, he can get away with this for a while. But he if he keeps going down this road and he keeps criticizing the woke uh, side of the argument, eventually he'll... he'll I think the woke side shunned. of the argument is is about to fall apart. I, you know, Dave Rubin makes this point. Uh, he's got a book is. coming out soon. Um, I think it's called Don't Burn This Book, I believe it's called. Uh, it's coming out soon, next month or two. And his point is he believes this is the year. It all falls apart this year. I all this woke crap falls apart. I, I hope he's I, right. I, I hope he's right, man. I do. I think he might be right. I think, you know, I, I was talking to somebody, maybe the uh, maybe the writing team yesterday about all this woke stuff. And I said, um, is anybody else in this room feeling this? And everybody else said, oh, well, I hope so. Um, but what I'm feeling is even the people on the, the Democrats, the Democrats, not the crazies, the Democrats are like, okay, this is nuts. I've had enough. I've just had enough. And nobody is going to care anymore. They're just not going to care about that anymore. And I think these guys We may be the pendulum that we have talked about. That pendulum may be swinging back now earlier than we expected it to. It may be going back towards sanity. Maybe not. Maybe not. The best of the Glenn Beck program. Hey, it's Glenn, and you're listening to the Glenn Beck Program. If you like what you're hearing on this show, make sure you check out Pat Gray Unleashed. It's available wherever you download your favorite podcasts. Stop the music for a second. This is really important. Pat just walked in. I'm not sure if you know this, Pat, but breaking news, really important. 
Uh, Chuck Schumer is asking for an investigation on Donald Trump. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, because I he thinks that. that there's something wrong no. with the AG and this whole Roger Stone thing. And he says it's a big deal. This time they have him. Wow. So I just did you know that? Because well, I, I didn't know. Okay, I mean, I can't I, even imagine it. Right. So you can't imagine I'm it. Shocked. Another investigation called shocked. for by Chuck Schumer on Donald Trump. I had to go ahead. You start the music again. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt the show like this. But uh, OK. Whew. But the sheer utter shock Should, no, warranted. Yeah, it. I know. Yeah. Everybody has to know that today. All right, welcome to the program, Mr. Pat Gray Thank from you. Pat Gray Unleashed. Welcome to it. Uh, I'm glad you're here, uh, uh, Pat. Uh, and I don't know if you know this, another shocking development, but there's a hole in the sky where a tree once was. <laughs> I do know Somebody's it. Somebody's making money. I've been trying to put my finger on where the... T- I don't think it's an original tune. No, I, don't say it. Don't say they plagiarized that I think they that plagiarized song. a song. Oh, my gosh. So it's a... It's a, like I've a been, parody, like they, they've uh, changed the lyrics of another I song. I think so. That wouldn't be yeah, a parody. I'm not positive. Right. Well, that's why I corrected it. Yes, thank you. The way they do it, it sounds... It would br- not be a parody. I know. I said that to be a parody. Well, they changed the words. Oh, okay. Yeah, All right. Thank you for being it. clear. Jeez, I'm calling Chuck Schumer on you, man. I am so sick of you. There needs to be an yeah. investigation. Yeah, that was <laughs> egregious. That was it egregious. Was. It was. Thank you. Right. All right. Okay. So who do you? what do you think it is? Is it the Pet Shop Boys opportunities? There's a... I've got the brains. You've got the brawn. No. Let's make lots of money. No. There's a hole in the sky where the tree <laughs> used to be. Someone's making money. I, that's it's not it. Not is as, it not opportunity? It's not far off. I, I it's do. close. It's close to opportunity. It's not the same tune, though. I, is it a Broadway show tune? What is well, that? Well, she's performing like it. Well, in case you don't know what we're talking about, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, this is this is the uh, the the music stylings of a, a group of hippies in Seattle that have decided to sing a song to the Seattle City Council, and it it's beautiful, and I want you to hear it. There's an unwelcome sight in the neighborhood. A developer is being greedy. There's a hole in the sky where a tree once stood. We're waiting for the music. She does have music here. Such yeah. a lack of life and sound. All that's left is bare, muddy ground. A magnificent like tree a was murdered. The mighty dollar cut it down. He, he Come on, come on. There's a hole in the sky where the tree once was. Somebody's making money. Come on. There's a hole in the sky where the tree once was. Somebody's making money. Laws so stop, stop, stop. You don't want to. So good laws and the exceptional trees i don't want to give this away for free all of it Mm -hmm. i mean this is sacred music it (laughs) really does strike me as something from a show like a a play yes right a musical it does boy i'd love to see that play yeah right but like uh, you think about how many crappy theaters there are around Mm -hmm. even just in seattle but all over the country that are doing environmental plays like especially in seattle it's got to be super common right that has to be something can we just have you guys mentioned that trees don't grow in the sky? Yes, yes we have. Yes. Thank okay, you. good. Yes. Yes. Why yes. is good. it in the sky yes. in the first yeah. place? I, I, I There's a know. hole in the ground where the right. tree once was. Okay, right. Yes. That works. That can happen. Right. If, a, right. if a tree is coming from the sky, you should shoot it down. <laughs> it's, it's attacking. It's probably <laughs> yes. an alien of some sort. Also, they can't be murdered. They're not sentient beings. I, I don't. Uh, I don't oh, know if anybody's. Oh my God. Let them hold know on. Hold that. on. Hold on. I have yeah, Gene. They can be cut down. I have Gene just outside of Seattle. Go ahead. Gene, are you there? 
Actually, I live on the Pacific Coast, Pacific Northwest Coast. Oh, and three months out of the year, yeah. it rains gently. Most of the time, it rains really hard. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think that people kind of fell and bonked their heads somehow. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, you're yeah, living on the Pacific here, we Coast, so you're saws and stuff. Yeah. Well, you're and, living. You're living with the vampires uh, from oh, Twilight. Crap. I, I didn't see any recently. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're in a rainforest in Seattle. It's practically a forest. desert now. Yeah. Forest. Yeah. Forest. Yeah. yeah. Forest, thanks. trees, forest. Thanks, thanks a lot, Gene. <laughs> <laughs> mm. I appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Have a great one. Thank Bye-bye. you. Mm-hmm. Bye. I mean, I just I'm concerned about the trees. I'm concerned about the I, like. For example, there's one part part where the dollar actually cuts the tree down. Well, let's listen. You go, more? go ahead. Yeah, play more, please. Mm. <laughs> trees but the city grants exemptions to these instead they reward the developers greed and sanction the murderers deeds there's a hole Jeez. in the sky where the Come tree on. once was somebody's making money there's a hole oh, in the sky where, where the tree once was somebody's making money no more leaves shimmering with golden light right. no more oh, gentle really shedding of rains wow. nor two the blossoms rustling in the wind. No. Now nothing remains. Nothing. Hole in the sky where a tree was was. Somebody's making money. There's a hole in the sky where the guy with Seahawks jersey is holding lyrics. So they, I mean, they've done some. Oh no, they worked on this. Yeah, they 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 handed out lyrics. Yeah. That's why. Instead of a spreading (laughs) canopy. So bad. See, this is why. This is why. That is it. Instead of a 90-year-old tree. There's a hole in the sky instead of the spreading canopy. So they're looking up and saying, so, that so, is... Was she under the impression that the sky looked like the top of the tree? <laughs> <laughs> because that's just the tree. They, she's shown they're taking, a little mixed up. She's taking artistic license. Okay. Do you know nothing mm. about art? I, apparently nothing not. Nothing about art. Apparently not. My gosh. I'm concerned that the dollar bill itself was able to cut down a tree. Because this is a terrible tree, number one. It's yeah. obviously, like, very weak and should be cut down. It's a, just, a, I mean, just from a Darwinian If you don't even need a saw, you could cut it yeah, down with a, with a dollar. Tree. And also, it's, huh. almost, it's, almost in a, it's almost like a cannibal situation here. Yeah. Because the dollar is sort of... I mean, paper. It's paper. But it's and also They're cotton. holding paper. It's so. also cotton. So I thought about this. Mm. I thought about this. They're not only cutting down trees. They are stealing cotton. From the cotton plants, which we all know is racist. So the dollar bill is racist because it has cotton and the Fed has to cut all the trees down to get the paper to mix with the cotton. It is worse than just a hole in the sky (laughs) because the Fed is making money. I'm just pointing this out. Man, you know, there's three trillion trees on this planet that there are more now than there have ever been in the history of this planet yeah no there is three trillion trees and there uh, are more trees on this planet than stars in the sky uh that's a lot that's a lot uh, and and but we should also you've point counted, out the uh, you've counted i've counted you've counted, I've counted. okay yes. okay <laughs> there are only a okay. hundred billion stars okay and there are three okay. trillion trees right we should also point out that the trump administration has signed on <clears throat> for the one trillion tree pledge yeah uh, where they're going to plant yeah. a trillion That's new trees. That's how bad worldwide. a person he is yes. with the environment. Mm-hmm. So now we'll have four trillion. He's goofy trees, and they, and they're passing out paper. 
as they're talking about the yes. trees dying. Yes. And you know where that comes from? <laughs> yes. Warehouser, which is just down the street from the city council house. Thank you so much. Uh, Pat Gray from Pat Gray Unleashed, where we get your uh, podcasts. You should subscribe to it on YouTube or podcast as well as the Glenn Beck program and Stu Does America. Uh, by the way, uh, last night we did our Wednesday night special. I'm going to tell you about it coming up in just a second. And uh, I am going to back up the statement I made at the very beginning of the special last night. Joe Biden and Hunter Biden have sold your children into slavery, sold our country out and is responsible for selling the Chinese directly into the hands of slave masters. That's quite an amazing statement to make. You better have something to back it up. And I do something that is one of the worst things. If anybody, if anybody has ever said, gee, what is Google doing with China? Wait, wait, until I show you what Joe and Hunter Biden did in China, enslaving millions of people. It's grotesque. Coming up in just a second. Somebody's making money. Let me go to uh, Gary, who's driving his truck now. Hello, Gary. Hello, Mr. Beck. How are you doing, sir? Uh, good. How are you? Where are you? you? I'm in outside of Detroit, Michigan. Oh, great. How's the weather up there? Uh, it's snowing right now. Ah, nothing better. Yeah. Nothing better. Love the show, but you're Thank killing you. me with that darn song. What, what? I got it stuck in my head as I was feeling my truck, and I can't get it out. Thanks for nothing. <laughs> you will have it there for the entire day. It will not leave your head. And you will. My I'm, goodness. Trust me, Gary, you're going to have to share that with somebody else. You're going to spread the pain. Do I need? It is the coronavirus of music. Get out of my head. <laughs> what? What'd you say, Gary? <laughs> Do I need to touch more relief factor to get it out of my head? Uh, probably. <laughs> yeah, probably. This sounds like the type of guy who would t- Thanks, cut Gary. down a tree yeah. and, and create a hole in the sky. Right. And, and not even making money. Of, and not even think twice about making money. No. Not even think twice about it. Doesn't so. care. Doesn't care. Mm-hmm. There's got to be somebody who plays a wicked guitar that uh, is listening right now because I'd like to I'd like to really hear some like real electric guitar licks on this. You know, somebody that can just. Is there anybody within this? I'll audition you. We might put a band together for this. No, I, um, can I ask you if, uh, to see which which video you'd rate as more bizarre? Because you've got the tree video here. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, like, yeah. let me give you this one. This is uh, from uh, UVA. Okay. It's in the student center. Mm-hmm. They just built a brand new multicultural center. Multicultural. Which is great. Oh, yeah. Yeah, right? Um, like, that's yeah, great. Yeah, multicultural. Yeah, yeah. All, the, all the cultures can, well, most of the cultures can come together, apparently, in the multicultural center. All right. Okay. This is a, this is a video of someone who st- stands up. Mm. She happens to be an African-American um, yes. woman, if I'm ad- identifying her correctly, and I yeah. apologize if I'm not. Right. Here she is uh, talking about the problems in the multicultural Watch your center. pronouns. Public service announcement. Excuse me. If y'all didn't know, this is the MSC, and frankly, there's just 
too many white people in here and this is a space for people of color. So just be really cognizant of the space that you're taking up because it does make some of us POCs uncomfortable when we see too many white people in here. It's only been open for four days. Mm. And frankly, there's the whole university for a lot of y'all to be at. And there's very few spaces for us. So keep that this in mind. This is unfreaking believable. Ah! And, and you know what's funny people is cheer. you see this and there's lots of empty chairs. Mm-hmm. There's empty spaces. Yeah. It's a, but, because if you're near a white person, you're just scared of the white person, apparently. Right, right. Because they're the oppressor. Well, the typical white person, you know, they see somebody and they, they just judge them based on their skin color, you know. I mean, that's incredible. It's incredible. That she's incredible. that. And again, it's I, incredible that, this, that the, the school hasn't done anything about it. Yeah. I, I go back to the guideline, too, because sometimes it's so difficult to understand if what you're saying is racist. As oh, you know, it's I so know, difficult. I know. So what you just said, I could right. dissect in a million ways. Exactly. You racist. Thank you. So what do you do if you want to, let's just say this, this woman decided, you know, I, did what, what I just, was that just racist, what I just said? Uh-huh. uh-huh. Um, so if you were to say that again and change the colors, that's how it's mm. easy to determine this. Right. So, for example, if she were to say, um, uh, well, you know what, there's just too many black people here. This is a space for white people. Would that be racist? Would you think that? I would consider that to be pretty racist. So I'm going to apply that same standard to her and say she's being racist. You've Mm -hmm. lived your whole life uh, without any oppression at all. You've had everything given to you. Everything in my life. Everything in your life given to you. Because of my skin. Because of your skin, Mm -hmm. because of the patriarchy. Um, I know I haven't worked a damn day for anything in my life. Right. Exactly. You're white. Yeah, and capitalism just gave it to me. What capitalism did, and I and I'm so happy to be able to just finally just be free enough to say this, is it crept around in at night in all of the minority neighborhoods. Doesn't matter what minority, doesn't matter, but crept around mm-hmm. in all of the non-white because there could be like a a Swedish uh, minority in the area, right? Not that minority, all color minorities and uh it crept in at night it stole what they had plus it stole any possible opportunity mm. that they might have thank you for and recognizing then, that then just gave it to me and yes. i have to tell you whew, it's good to get that off my chest because i've been feeling so not guilty about it right ever good you know what i mean mm-hmm. now you... i was under the delusion that I made my own way, you know? Well, you were also under the delusion that trees didn't grow in the sky. Well, there is a hole in the sky where, where the, the tree, tree once was, was and now and somebody's making money. This is the best of the Glenn Beck program. Hey, it's Glenn, and if you like what you hear on the program, you should check out Pat Gray Unleashed. His podcast is available wherever you download your favorite podcast. Hi, it's Glenn. If you're a subscriber to the podcast, can you do us a favor and rate us on iTunes? If you're not a subscriber, become one today and listen on your own time. You can subscribe on iTunes. Thanks. Peter Swizer, who is uh, a good friend of the program, a great journalist, a great writer, um, investigative uh, uh, journalist, 
and has done so much work on corruption. And you have kind of a busy day here at the studios. I know you're, you're, you're on the side to be here. You're making the rounds, and I've got stuff to do with you uh, uh, later on today. But I wanted to bring you in because yesterday um, I talked about one of the investment problems of of Hunter Biden. It's Face Plus Plus. Are you aware of this? Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. So Face Plus Plus is is the tool, or at least a, a very important tool, that the Chinese are using to round up their people, it's specifically the Uyghurs. They now have 1,300 uh, re-education camps. And Face Plus Plus is something that Hunter Biden is making money on and invested in it is one of the most grotesque things i've ever seen i mean we've worried about google and facebook what are they doing they're selling their souls to the chinese no no hunter biden is pouring money into this company to help them round up uyghurs yeah no it's it's the the thing i think that, that gets lost in all of this glenn and you're you're talking about it right now and this is so important is people think of the biden stuff totally in terms of money you know, Hunter's getting all this money. Well, the Chinese struck this deal with Hunter Biden for a reason. They formed Bohai Harvest RST, put him on the board, made his business partner vice chairman of that company for a reason. It, yeah, the Biden was getting his money, but they wanted to fuse members of the Biden family to the Chinese state mm-hmm. to bond them commercially. And why did they want that? Because they're going to be engaging in very sensitive commercial transactions. The one you just talked about, Face++, Plus Plus, is part of that. Boi Harvest RST, the investment firm, Hunter Biden on the board of directors, his business partner, the vice chairman of, is an investor in Face++. Plus Plus. They make Face++ Plus Plus run. That same firm also uh, bought into Hennigus, which is an American a high-technology firm that creates dual-use technologies. These are technologies that have both civilian and military application. The deal actually had to be approved by CFIUS, the federal government's committee. The same company that we're talking about, Hunter Biden's firm, Bohai Harvest RST, was an early investor in CGN, China General, General Nuclear, a atomic power company in China that after his firm invests in it, that company gets charged by our FBI for stealing nuclear secrets in the United States. And and he does not pull the investment back. No. He doesn't get off of the board. No. He does nothing. No. He does nothing. No. They're taking nuclear secrets from us. Right. Uh, when you talked about, uh, what is it? Hennigus. Hennigus. Yes. Um, this organization, Hunter Biden it, uh, uh, spearheads this deal where he buys for what is it 51 percent the chinese buy 50 or 49 percent right and that way they have access to all of the technology this is after the chinese stole our stealth technology right he knew about it right and he's helping them do it again because one of the things that this company does is is um, anti-vibration exactly which is instrumental in stealth aircraft yes and they had they couldn't reproduce it yes so he just helps them come over and buys the company yeah no exactly i mean that's that's the underbelly of all of this it's not just about the family getting rich because joe biden is vice president we all know 
if you're, you know, if your last name is Bush or Biden in Washington, D.C., you're going to have certain advantages in life. We mm-hmm. all get that. Mm-hmm. That's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about a, a, a prominent political family in the United States, one of the leading families fusing themselves to the Chinese state. This is not a, 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 a Chinese company or an American company. This is the Chinese government. So the Hennigas deal we're talking about, 51% of the financing of that deal is done by Boi Harvest RST, which is Hunter Biden's firm. The other 49% is by the Chinese avionics company, which is China's largest military contractor, as you point out. AVIC, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. They're the ones that, that stole the stealth technology. They're the ones that are trying to challenge American air superiority. And the son of the vice president, the sitting uh, vice president at the time, is actually helping them buy into these companies. They're also involved, by the way, in, in, in Hunter Biden's firm, in buying a, a copper company, um, that produces molybdenum, which is a key ingredient in hardening armor. It's, it's a very difficult um, mineral to find in large quantities. Well, one of the largest is in Africa. And there's this global competition between the United States and China to acquire these mines. Barack Obama himself talked about the fact that we needed to beat the Chinese in producing molybdenum. Now, so what happens? What does Hunter Biden's company do? They helped the Chinese buy one of the largest copper mines in the world, along with a Chinese company called China Molybdenum, which is going to be acquiring the mineral we are competing with them to acquire. So, so this is this is so far beyond what was happening in uh, Ukraine. Yes. Um, and I know that Grassley as we talked about on the special we did last night, and you can watch it on Blaze TV. Um, it is uh, just under, right now I think it's just under uh, Glenn Beck TV. Um, it was last night, February 12th, and it is stunning, stunning to see the undermining of our country by a guy with vice, who was, whose dad was the vice president at the time most of this happened. The Face Plus Plus, I think, happened after because Hunter is like, my dad wasn't vice president then. <laughs> oh, so we're okay enslaving people. Exactly. exactly. I mean, it's nuts. Yeah. It's nuts. And here's the, here's the challenge, Glenn, that they're going to have. The challenge they're going to have is, and I think one of the reasons a lot of people on Capitol Hill want to stick to Ukraine and they don't want to talk about China is... You've got other prominent people in Washington who have deals with the Chinese as well. Uh, so they don't want to go there. Mitch McConnell being one of them. You and I have talked about it. Mm-hmm. I mean, the reality, does does Mitch McConnell really want to have a national conversation about the Biden family and their ties to the Chinese military when his family has strong commercial ties to the Chinese shipbuilding industry, which is, of course, one of the largest military contractors as well. It's an awkward conversation. And a lot of people in Washington, D.C. have convinced themselves that by doing commerce with China, well, you know, they're going to make them kind of more like us. This is what they said during the Cold War about the Soviet Union. It's a lie, and they don't want to discuss this. They'll talk about Ukraine, but they don't want to talk about China because you now start bringing other things to light involving other powerful people. So is McConnell as bad as, I mean, you know, Biden's deals are with Costco, not Costco, but Costco, which is basically an arm of the uh, of the Chinese Navy. Right. Uh, I mean, 
he has nuclear secrets, yes. stealth technology. Yeah. Na- he's involved in the Navy. He's involved in, in capturing and monitoring and enslaving. We don't even know how many people now in 1,300 re-education camps. Right. Is is the McConnell stuff that deep and that bad, too? It's, it's not as deep in the sense of, of, you know, the technologies. But here's the thing, um, you know. Mitch McConnell's wife, Elaine Chow, her family had a shipping business, Mm -hmm. um, uh, you know, beginning in the late 1980s. In the 1990s, the Chinese government basically came to Elaine Chow's family and said, look, um, we'll strike a bargain with you. We will uh, buy we will build big big ships for you to ship goods around the around the world. We will finance the construction of those ships. We will provide the crews for those ships and will provide you contracts so you can make a lot of money shipping goods for Chinese state-owned enterprises. And this deal was struck in 1994 after then-Mitch McConnell, uh, sorry, then-Senator Mitch McConnell and his wife Elaine Chow visited Beijing with her father-in-law, James Chow, who had formed the company. So it doesn't have the same military implication, but here's the problem. Anybody in the shipping business will tell you that um, if the Chinese decided tomorrow yeah. we no longer want to do business with the Chows, their financial fortunes would be gone overnight. So he's vulnerable. And and by the way, these Chinese companies he's dealing with are Chinese maritime military contractors. James Chow, his father-in-law, and Mitch McConnell's sister-in-law actually served on the board of directors of a military contracting firm in China that was building ships to challenge the U.S. Navy. So a lot of things here that, that, that people on both sides of the aisle don't want to come out. So we have, you know, last night as we were concentrating on uh, Biden, um, and we will take on uh, Mitch McConnell and anybody else as well. But as we were concentrating on that, we had audio of, of Mitch uh, saying on the campaign trail, China's not a threat you know, they're going to be fine. They can barely figure out their own map. I mean, really, yeah. you know, crazy stuff. And we just went through some stats because I'm going to do a Wednesday night special in the coming weeks on China being a real threat. You have to remember, China 2025 has been a plan of theirs for will be 25 years. Uh, and it was for global domination. And people don't understand in America China employs an army of 180,000 cyber spies that launch 90,000 attacks per year on our Defense Department computer networks. That's all they do is just try to hack into our Defense Department computer. Uh, 41% of all cyber attacks in the world originate in China. The FBI has a thousand active investigations into Chinese intellectual property theft of U.S. companies. Chinese IP theft costs our economy $50 billion a year. 54% of all Chinese espionage activities against the U.S. are focused on military technology. Since 2009, there have been 106 cases of Chinese espionage against the U.S. that were caught by law enforcement, and those are the cases we know about. There is an estimated 150,000 Chinese operatives currently working in the U.S. targeting our military, government, and private sector. 
That does not include the 360 Chinese, 360,000 Chinese university students in the U.S., some of whom have already been caught stealing technology and research for the Chinese government. This is, they are a serious, serious threat. Absolutely. They view themselves as a rival to the United States. You, th- you think of the Chinese uh, uh, Navy, for example. So, again, you know, you've got Mitch McConnell's family business partners with the Chinese Navy, the PLAN, as it's called. Uh, their stated goal as a military is by 2030 to surpass the U.S. Navy to, uh, to achieve superiority uh, uh, of the world's oceans. Um, so if you're doing business with somebody like that, um, you really have to wonder what are your priorities. You're making a quick buck now, but you are basically helping our chief enemy. And you, as the Senate Majority Leader, for example, or as Vice President of the United States in the case of Joe Biden, you are supposed to be establishing the, the strategy that's going to counteract your business partners. Right. That's what you call a conflict of interest, I think. Uh, Peter Schweitzer, who is uh, uh, the author of several books, the latest book, I'm sorry, I can't remember, is called Profiles and Corruption. Corruption. It's great. Uh, And it looks at the the corruption of all of the people who have been running in the Democratic Party. He's going to be on my uh, Friday exclusive on Blaze TV only. We're going to be talking about um, uh, Elizabeth Warren. We're going to be talking about... um, What's his name? Bernie Sanders. I mean, people don't understand. This communist knows how to make money. Uh, So thank you very much, Peter. Appreciate it. Thanks, Glenn. This is the best of the Glenn Beck program. Bill Whittle is an author, public speaker, uh, provided political commentary for Fox News National Review Online, National Rifle Association. I mean, the guy does not have a career. Uh, I mean, you know, uh, he could have a career. He could have a really big career if he were a liberal. Everyone would know who Bill Whittle is. You probably do. He is really, really very, very smart, very effective, and the host of a uh, podcast uh, series uh, he did the Apollo 11, What We Saw podcast series. He's back with season two. It is already number five on iTunes. It's called The Cold War, What We Saw. It's a 10-part series. It's really good, very well produced. Welcome to the program, Bill Whittle. Hey, Glenn, it's great to be here. I just heard your introduction, you know, and I realized uh, if you ever need proof there's a loving God, then Nancy Pelosi and Schumer will be sitting on a mountaintop. That asteroid will come in and it'll miss. <laughs> then you'll know. <laughs> uh, Bill, uh, first of all, congratulations on Apollo 11. I don't think I've talked to you since the success of that. Now you're back with a second series. This is a 10-episode series, and I listened to the first episode. It's highly produced, really well-researched. Uh, you know, it's it's what we saw, but it should be what we what what we heard because you have found all of the audio clips uh, from the from from the Cold War and put them all together in such a way to where somebody who didn't live through it can really understand it and feel it. Yeah, uh, as a matter of fact, there was just so much history there, Glenn, that we had to make it twelve parts. I just couldn't get that many sardines into the can. Um, you know, the, 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 when you're talking about a, a conflict that took 42 years, there's so much history there. But the one thing I was determined to do from the beginning was something I, I had just haven't seen ever in terms of the Cold War, and that was to talk about the moral dimensions 
of that conflict. Everybody talks about it like it was kind of Coke versus Pepsi, you know, red team, blue team, these two opposing forces. But no one, no one ever really gets down to the fundamental, un- unbelievable chasm in morality between the two sides. So go into that. Explain that a bit. Sure. Well, probably the, the pithiest way to put it is, um, you know, on, on one day, Joseph Stalin signed over 4,000 death warrants personally. And on one day, Eisenhower once got so mad that he threw a golf club on a on a, um, you know, on a, in, a in a in a tournament. If you think that these two things are the same, if you think that these are equivalent leaders with equivalent tempers and equivalent, uh, you know, uh, black marks on their record, you've got a serious, serious, serious emotional problem. But but the, people do. But people do. do. I mean, we're we're dealing with this now with China. We just I just did a special right. last night on on uh, China with Joe Biden and Hunter Biden. Hunter Biden invested in Face Plus Plus, which is a software app developed by the Chinese government. Uh, he invested in it. And what it does is it helps them track down all of the Uyghurs and all of the people that are dissidents there. And since this uh, app is out, 1,300 concentration camps have been built. And yeah. he's putting, he's helping enslave these people. We, people, like you, yeah, people like you and me and our listeners, you know, we, we simply can't believe that that kind of thing could be true. But you have to just step back and realize that the people who we're dealing with, political power is not just their, it's not just their religion or their God. It's their hobby. It's their, it's their pastime. It's, it's, it's everything to them. And, and there is nothing that they won't do for power. And when I was trying to deal with this history in terms and, you know, we had Republican presidents, Democratic presidents, when it came right down to it, Glenn, the the only way I could see to divide the two sides was to say it was the individualists versus the collectivists. Exactly and right. The, and the collectivists have this view that the state is the only thing that's worth protecting, and any number of sacrifices for the state is fine. And they refuse to look at 1,300 people or whatever the number is as people. It's just a number. It's that many, it's that many gears that failed on the machine, and they simply have to be replaced. And those are individual people. And, and they're priceless and they're unique and and their loss is as dear to to the people next to them as as is the loss of you know Hunter Biden uh, to uh, whoever particularly loves Hunter Biden now that's a short list but nevertheless there you go one of the things that, that struck me the most about this is there's a uh, Solzhenitsyn referred to the Gulag system as the Gulag Archipelago. There's 400-plus little camps scattered around the biggest country in the world. And one of them was Koloma. And Koloma uh, was not a death camp like the Nazis had. It was a work camp. But the problem is it's a work camp where your life expectancy was about a year. And if you were working in the gold mines, it was four months. Wow. So 800,000 people died at Koloma. 800,000. That puts it probably second or third on the leaderboard from hell after Auschwitz and Treblinka, and no one has ever heard of it, ever. I've never heard of it. There were no pictures. Yeah. So it's it's astonishing. Why why four months in the gold mines? What was life like there? Well, for one thing, in Coloma, it's one of the places where, by sheer coincidence, the the Fahrenheit and the centigrade scales actually match. The same thermometer reading on Fahrenheit and centigrade occurs at 40 degrees below zero. So you've got people who, are, who for the most part, were musicians, scientists, uh, 
you know, uh, just just people who happen to have an opinion. Maybe somebody you know woke up and mumbled something that they shouldn't have mumbled, and somebody wanted that guy's apartment or his wife, and now he's out there breaking rocks at forty degrees below zero. Jeez. One of the most heartbreaking stories, and one of the things I try to do in this series is to get to the human, like the human side of it, you know. And and there is a. a tremendous book called um, Coloma Stories. And the one that never left me was this, this one intellectual was out there. He'd been working all day in the, in the mines. They came to pick him up after he got back in at the end of the day, and they, they were taking him out to shoot him, and he knew he was being taken out to be shot. And the last thing he said was, if I'd known they were taking me out to shoot me today, I wouldn't have gone out to work. I, I, wouldn't, I, I, wouldn't have, I wouldn't have gone out there and spent the last eight hours in agony. And this is, this is the place that Bernie Sanders says, this land is your land. This land is my land. You know, it's, it's, it, it beggars imagination. So let me play something here for you, Bill, and just get your, uh, just get your reaction to this. Let me play the audio of Bernie Sanders on all of the things that he has said about communist countries in the past. He loves them. Listen to this. You know, it's funny. Sometimes American journalists talk about how bad a country is because people are lining up for food. That's a good thing. In other countries, people don't line up for food. The rich get the food and the poor starve to death. You know, as, as a socialist, the word socialism does not frighten me. I think when we were in Moscow, for example, I think most of the people here also were extremely impressed by their public transportation system. The stations themselves were absolutely beautiful. Uh, including many works of art, chandeliers that were beautiful. It was a very, very effective system. Also, I was impressed by the youth programs that they have, uh, their palaces of, of, of culture for, for the young people, a whole variety of, young, uh, of programs for young people, and cultural programs which go far beyond what we do in this country. To China and its leadership. Because if I'm not mistaken, they have made more progress in addressing extreme poverty than any country in the history of civilization. Okay, so they've done a lot of things for their people. But I remember, for some reason or other, being very excited when, when Fidel Castro made the revolution in Cuba. I was a kid and I remember reading that. And it was just seemed right and appropriate that poor people were rising up against rather ugly rich people. Okay. You Stop. There's more. I mean, it goes on and on and on. Bill. I mean, I, I... I'd love to take almost every one of them. First of all, it's hard to believe that this guy's a serious candidate in the United States of America. Mm-hmm. There's so much. There's so much raw ignorance and just sheer duplicity there. So let's just let's just pick a couple for the sake of it. He talks about Fidel Castro and and the common people rising up. You know, and Fidel's a man of the people, and he weighs and he wears his fatigues and stuff. Glenn, when Fidel Castro died, you know how much money he had in his personal bank account, his personal account? No. Nine hundred million dollars. Jeez. It's a con game. You know, uh, Hugo Chavez brings socialism to Venezuela. You know how much money his daughter's worth? No. Four and a half billion dollars. Her country is starving. People are eating their own pets. And she's worth $4,500 million. And this guy who's talking about socialism and poor people owns three houses. And if you can't see through that, there's something wrong with you. But let's just take the, let's just take the poor people thing. You know, when he says that uh, the lines are great because everybody gets to starve together and how much they've done for poor people, you really have to step back and look at this for a second. The United States of America is the first country in the history of the world where the primary health concern of poor people is they're too fat. Now, you just think about that for a second. Just, just think about that. That 
is what the United States does in terms of prosperity. And when guys like this talk about chandeliers in um, in metro stations that are spotless, one of the reasons they're spotless is because millions of people in Moscow have been taken out and shot. And and for Bernie, for Bernie, this is a this is a a bonus. Yeah, it's true that you know my mom and my uncle were taken out in the middle of the night and killed, and and my my daughter died in a in a in a work camp. But you should see the chandeliers on our metro stations, Glenn. It's that, it's remarkable. So who's watching this or who's listening to your podcast? Are are you getting? Are you breaking through, do you think, to the uh, the people who did not grow up at the time that you and I did? And we know these things. Well, it's um, we just been uh, just released episode two last week. Right now, it's number five in on Apple altogether, and it's number one in history. So that's that's really that's good. Great. Those are good numbers. But if to the degree that that's a success, is only because I just wanted to take a look at this at this enormous big history and not tell it as a history just tell it as a series of personal stories that people can relate to and and to be you know to be fair uh the russian people suffered under uh communism and socialism more than we did there are incredible stories of heroism and 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 just horrors inflicted on the russian people by these socialists but the one thing you'll notice about the socialists uh and who talk about all this equality glenn is that um they never go back to their original jobs you know lenin didn't go back to being a failed writer and stalin didn't go back to being a minor hold-up guy once they get to be you know the the champions of the people they're living in mansions for the rest of their lives and i somehow find that to be less than a coincidence you know um bill i i first of all how long how long did it take you to put this together uh, I, well, I started writing it in September. I knew the history pretty well, and and you with had that much, with that much data, really, what I was trying to do was just kind of throw a net across this river of data and just stop the things that looked interesting to me, that told the story of um, of how it felt, you know, at, at that particular time, the, the, like the, the little human elements. But you can't connect to it if you don't understand the human elements. And the first thing I had to do in the first episode was I had to show that the Soviet Union was a terror state and that the people on the east side of the Berlin Wall were more afraid of what was on their side of the wall than they were than what was on the other side. It, there's a, a building in uh, Moscow right now called the Lubyanka. It's a beautiful building. It's, it's a, uh, made in the early uh, 1900s. It was a, uh, an office building, basically. And for the better part of 30 years, Glenn, People were kept in the dungeons in the bottom of this building. There's a toy store right across the street right now in modern-day Moscow. And six at a time, for year after year after year after year, people were lined up against a wall, shot in the back of the head by Czechists with revolvers. They're put on meat wagons, thrown into a truck, tarp put over them, arms and legs hanging out, hanging out from the sides. That wasn't an accident. They wanted everybody to be afraid. And of all the stories I've heard and, and researched, the ones that Americans need to understand the most are the stories of people who live in Moscow during the times of these great terrors and purges, and they would be in their apartment complex. And the, the Cheka or the secret police always came around 2 in the morning. They'd hear the trucks pull up outside, and then they'd hear this creaky, creaky old elevator, and it would start going up, and it'd get closer and closer and closer to their floor, and when it finally passed their floor, they could sleep for three or four hours, wake up in the morning and find out who'd been taken away. And and this, Bernie will say that this kind of thing is not going to happen in America. We want something like uh, Sweden. But 
Sweden's socialism doesn't work because they're not making any new Swedes. They have to import Swedes. And the Swedes they import for their socialist programs are not really good Swedes. So it doesn't work anywhere. It's never worked anywhere. And, and for these guys to constantly just get away with tapering over the mass murder, hundreds of millions of people murdered in order for them to try out this philosophy so that losers can get a little power, that's just not something I'm, I'm willing to let them get away with. Bill Whittle, thank you so much. Um, this would have taken me a lot longer since September. I thought you had worked on this at least a year. It is very thorough and very, very well done. Bill Whittle, it's number five on iTunes podcast. You can get it wherever you get your uh, podcast. Uh, it is uh, The Cold War, What We Saw. The Blaze Radio Network. On demand.